Happy Friday! Doesn't it feel good to say and to hear that as we approach this first weekend, full weekend of the brand new year? Hope everything is going well thus far and that you're doing well with your New Year's resolutions. Ha ha. <laughs> A lot to talk about during the course of the broadcast today. I always try to find some encouraging stories. We have some. The personal story about someone who has worked and worked and worked and worked for many years. How many times do you hear these stories about somebody who is really the most ideal employee? They retire after decades and they get something measly like a watch for a parting gift. We have another similar story, and the way the community has come behind this guy and provided support is absolutely amazing. That is coming up in just a bit. But first, I want to talk about the possibility of a first winter storm here for the Charlotte area. This is an area, as you know, where we have all kinds of weather situations with one storm. One area might see snow, another area freezing rain, and then another one escapes all of the madness entirely and just sees rain. Well, some days ago, Richard Llewelling had a conversation with us about the possibilities, and now here we are, right on the edge of whatever is coming, and we thought it would be a good idea to get insight on where things stand today. And to do that, we have our good friend Jeff Eno from the Weather Channel to provide an update for us. Good morning and welcome, Jeff. Hey, good morning, Vince, and uh, Happy New Year. Same to you. Let's talk about what kind of storm we're talking about, when does it start, and what impact we'll have on this vast Charlotte area. Well, it's going to be coming in uh, as we get into the late night hours tonight. The winter weather advisories that are off to the west uh, do include uh, over into uh, Cleveland, uh, Lincoln up to Catawba, and then uh, Iredell as well, and areas west and north. Uh, as of right now, uh, we are not seeing anything for uh, Mecklenburg or even uh, Gaston County, uh, but uh, those uh, folks a little farther west will more than likely, because they do have that advisory, the National Weather Service kind of playing it safe in some spots, uh, it's going to be kind of a rain and also a freezing rain mix. The transition to freezing rain comes in very late, sticks around into uh, the early part of Saturday before transitioning to all rain. Uh, this is a low-pressure system that has pretty much traversed the country and uh, picked up plenty of Gulf moisture, and now it's going to make that turn uh, going up to the northeast, and uh, we've also got a couple of spots over towards Asheville that are looking at winter storm warnings. Now, in those areas, it looks like uh, the potential is there for maybe three-tenths of an inch of ice, and uh, we know that uh, anything uh, that uh, does get coated onto the ground or on power lines or anything, or trees, of course, uh, could be a real issue. Um, these warnings and advisories go up through uh, the Greensboro area and then continue to move up into uh, spots in the western Maryland, eastern uh, West Virginia. 
Virginia. And then the watches take over. Now, the watches are for uh, portions of central PA all the way up into the northeast, the Boston area, central Vermont, central uh, New Hampshire. And these watches will be upgraded. There's no uh, denying that. Uh, some spots in the lower Hudson Valley into uh, areas in New York uh, looking at uh, the potential for 5 to 10 inches of snow. So wow. the way the watch will uh, stick around. We're going to see that upgraded. Now, as it relates to the immediate Charlotte area, it, it sounds like you're describing here a storm system that's basically going to uh, skirt the Charlotte area specifically. Uh, it looks like uh, we're just in for rain. Is that what the plan is for now? That does look that that's uh, that is the case as far as uh, the forecast and the kind of extended forecast that uh, that I've been watching throughout the morning and uh, monitoring that it is going to be a rain event uh, locally here. Uh, the rain comes in late, rain into the afternoon for Saturday, and we could even hear some thunder uh, that uh, that has been uh, kind of popped up uh, throughout the morning hours and maybe some early fog as well. And then that's going to be it. I mean, through the late night hours and then into the afternoon for Saturday, that's all we are going to see. This system's going to drive in and then drive right back out. And by the time we hit Sunday uh, with the uh, Bucks coming to town, we're going to be looking at mostly sunny skies and uh, headed up to the mid-50s. So just a very beautiful finish to the weekend Sunday. Not too bad for a winter day. Uh, as it relates to the the other conditions that are of concern to a lot of people, of freezing rain and uh, also, uh, you know, the word snow has been thrown out there. How far away uh, are we talking about from Charlotte? Uh, just a couple of counties to the west. Over towards uh, the closest would be uh, Lincoln, up towards Iredell as well, uh, and then uh, just going, uh, continuing on a uh, northern trajectory from there. Uh, that's where, and there's a little bit of snow and sleet possibly, but the biggest concern, of course, is the is the freezing rain that uh, that is going to be popping in. Now, the other concern is the fact that once we get a couple of days' worth of sunshine, Sunday into Monday, we've got a next area of low pressure that's going to be coming in, and the possibility uh, by Tuesday that we could see some heavy rain on into Tuesday night. So uh, once we clear the weekend and uh, some of those spots get uh, finished up with the wintry weather, uh, then we've got some wet weather into the early part of the upcoming work week, specifically by Tuesday. That's all we need, just more dreary conditions around here. <laughs> just well, we wonderful. A of days of sunshine by the end of the weekend. That'll be helpful, very much so. Uh, Jeff Eno from the Weather Channel, thanks very much for joining us on the broadcast this morning. Yes, sir. Thank you, Vince. So you know what to do. Those of you in affected areas, for us, largely a rain event. Uh, in other areas, you heard the potential for freezing rain, and uh, hopefully all of this will blow out of here very, very quickly. And this will be a very quick event that will not destroy our weekend which is a very good thing coming up in the broadcast we're going to talk about what's going on with some economic news some surprising numbers related to jobs and wages and good news on gasoline prices this was pretty much predicted we'll delve into all of these areas also we'll talk about what one business one grocery chain in another country is doing to a couple of big companies because of their price hikes. This is pretty intriguing stuff. Then we'll delve full, full speed into political stuff. 
as you know, this is 2024. We've got an election coming up in November. The Biden-Harris campaign has put out its first ad of 2024, and it's nauseating, but we'll make you listen to it anyway. Also, a warning from Steve Bannon about what may happen on the Republican side of the presidential ticket. He's concerned about the possibility of someone being added to the ticket along with Donald Trump that he and others absolutely do not want. We'll talk about this and much more as we continue our Friday broadcast. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, our phone number is 704 You've heard the stories. I mean, you think back two years ago and the tradition of people working for a company. Maybe they work for that company for 30 years. They get a gold watch. And maybe there's a pension plan associated with it. You know, the pension plan is the real thing that you want. The watch, you know, that's kind of a throwaway item. You know, it's most important to be able to have some sense of sustainability once you are out of the workforce. So whenever people hear stories about people retiring, especially loyal workers who've worked very, very well for many years, they are quite stunned when they find out that certain people have not been rewarded very well at all. Case in point. One of the latest stories that's gotten attention, and it's really become viral, is the story of a Burger King cook who received a measly gift after never missing a day of work in 27 years. 27. That's a long time. That's some incredible loyalty. New York Post reports on this story about this guy who was able to finally buy his first home. We're going to tell you why and how much money was raised in a moment. It is mind-boggling. This is a definite Christmas miracle story. Kevin Ford closed on his new Pabrup, Nevada home. December 13th, he paid $177,000 for this 846-square-foot, three-bedroom, two-bath house, sharing the news with his followers on social media. Can you imagine? I, I think back to the purchase price for the home that I just sold. I mean, it's mind-boggling to me. An 846-square-foot home? I mean, I paid a little bit more for a 2,500-square-foot home. These prices out there, that's crazy. Anyway, Ford said, I wanted to show you something, something you made possible, you did for me, just a hardworking guy. Now, I know it needs some work. Got to cut off the haters already. I know it's not a mansion, but it's mine. Ford celebrated his 27th anniversary with the fast food franchise without missing a single day of work. The chain, however, gifted him, you ready for this? 
a backpack with a movie ticket, a Starbucks cup, and a mix of candy and chocolate. <laughs> this is pathetic. A video of Ford opening his gifts took the internet by storm while his daughter crowdsourced to raise money for the grandfather to see his grandchildren. That is pretty amazing. 27 years at Burger King. Serena Ford wrote on a GoFundMe in June of 2022, in nowhere are we asking for money or is he expecting any money? But if anyone feels like blessing him, he would love to visit his grandchildren. Are you ready for this? The family raised over $439,000, of which they got to keep around 350000 after GoFundMe took a sizable chunk. Hmm. As Ford's story made it around the Internet, NBC's Today arranged for him to fly to New York, and he visited, got a visit anyway, by his grandchildren, live on TV, which has been the only day that he's missed at his job over the last 28 years. Isn't that crazy? He's got a great place now. The new pad features a covered front deck with a sitting area to enjoy the views of the nearby mountains and a fully fenced-in backyard with two sheds. What a nice place to have in your retirement. When he first purchased the home, it wasn't furnished, but Ford says he's going to spend some of his money renovating it. Still working with the same Burger King inside McCarran International Airport in Las Vegas which is now an hour's commute for him. He doesn't mind. He loves driving. Ford adds, I want to thank everyone all around the world for what you've done for me, something I never thought would be possible for me. Home ownership. Ford credits the viral fame of the strangers who helped him save his life, claiming he was depressed, and has been given a roof over his head and can see his family more often. Now my kids, my grandkids have a place to come visit me. I just want to thank everybody for being a part of this miracle, for everything you've done for me, and continue to do for me every day. What a cool story, don't you think? By the way, he plans to use the donated funds for more renovations for his home, give his daughter some cash for her own home and then put the remainder toward his retirement. Sounds like a great plan to me. I think this is absolutely awesome. I love these stories about people getting involved to make a difference and engage people in their communities. This is great. Still to come in the broadcast, we are going to talk about some economic news. We have several stories that you need to know about. Drudge economic headlines, December jobs surprise, wages rise solidly, and this encouraging news, gas back to $3 a gallon. It's pretty sad that this is now thought to be a wonderful development, $3 a gallon. Nonetheless... It's better than it was before. We will delve into these stories and much more. Also, we'll talk about 
2024, the presidential race that is ahead. A couple of angles there on both sides of this. That and much more as we continue our Friday broadcast. Now, I was just thinking a few minutes ago, it's kind of interesting that we have increasingly good information coming in about economic conditions in the country. They're very positive developments. And one of the the ironies of this, and, and this may surprise some of you, I don't think this administration is getting the appropriate credit for the things that are good. I mean, let's be honest here. This happens all the time with politics. When things go well, everybody wants to take credit. When things go badly, you know, it's not just the candidate, but those of us who support certain candidates, you know, we're going to defend our guy. This is the way this thing works. But it's interesting that people really do not believe, apparently, the information that they are seeing. They're not impressed. So as a result, we have a real challenge for this administration, and we're going to get to this a little bit later on. But I really believe... This is one of the reasons why the Biden administration is going completely negative. This is why they're continuing to focus on the foolishness of January 6th and continue promoting this narrative of Donald Trump being an insurrectionist. I mean, it's tired. It really is. It's really tired. So as a result... You have a situation where the Biden administration has really a desperation. They've got a desperation, especially when they see these poll numbers. They've got to do something to get people away from the person they perceive to be the nominee, Donald Trump. They've got to do it. Here is some of the news, and, and see, this is, if if these people had any sense, which we know they don't, they would be out touting the information I'm about ready to share with you in a humble and gracious way, not boasting, but being honest. We've had some tough times, but look at what's happening now. We're coming back. I could write their messaging for them. <laughs> they don't want that, of course. CNBC reports U.S. payrolls increased by 216,000 in December, much better than expected. This is a good thing. 216,000 jobs. Unemployment rate holds at 3.7%. The hiring boost came from a gain of 52,000 in government jobs, another 38,000 in healthcare-related fields like ambulatory healthcare services and hospitals. Average hourly earnings rose 0.4% on the month, 
up 4.1% from a year ago, both higher than the respective estimates for 0.3 and 3.9. This is a great payroll report. Very positive development. Reuters version of this story, U.S. employers hired more workers than expected in December while raising wages at a solid clip, casting some doubt in financial market expectations that the Federal Reserve would start cutting interest rates in March. See, there's the other part of this. If things are actually going better, it may cause them to want to leave interest rates alone. That's the concern that is being expressed so far. So job growth, beating expectations, always an encouraging sign. Also, Axios reports on gas prices. They've returned to the big round figure of around $3 a gallon. We've talked about this a lot. A number of you already have prices well below $3 a gallon. In fact, I'm looking at my text here. I think someone sent something to me a little while ago indicating that they uh, paid two, what is this, $273, in Shelby, according to Chris. But around $3 a gallon, this is a national average, falling gasoline prices, typically a tonic for sour consumer sentiment. It's a cornerstone finding of behavioral economics that changes in big round numbers for prices, also known as the left digit effect have a disproportionate impact on activities, suggesting they're more apt to catch people's attention and stick in their memories. So average prices dipped below $3 last month and now hovering just a hair above it. Before that, prices hadn't been below the milestone in more than two years, except for a couple of weeks around this time last year. Now, if gas prices manage to hop the line into the high $2 per gallon zone and stay there, That could soften the recession-level grumpiness that consumers report feeling despite the strong economy and low unemployment. See, so much of this, you know this. You can get reports, and I can share stories like I just shared with you. But at the end of the day, much of this is very subjective. You can look at the numbers. You can say, okay, that's great. But I'm just not feeling this at home. It doesn't feel like we are doing well. So this is a big challenge for the Biden administration as they try to mount a campaign this year to stay in the White House. Still to come in the broadcast, amid all of the increased prices, there is one foreign company that's made a decision. We're just going to pull these products off the shelves. Boy, this is pretty daring, isn't it? We'll tell you where this is happening and why. Also, we will talk about 2024, the presidential contest. A couple of angles to this, one of them relating to Joe Biden and his campaign, the other to Donald Trump and the concern about who could be on the ticket with him. There is a big fight ahead on this particular issue. We've had a number of conversations in recent months about prices of things going up at the grocery store, department stores, wherever. We'll get a load of this. 
there is one particular chain in another country that's made the decision, you're going to raise your prices, we're not going to carry your products. We're going to share this story coming up in just a bit. It's quite interesting, to say the least. First, let's go out to a call here in Charlotte. It is Mike on the line. Good morning and welcome, Mike. Hello, Vince. Happy New Year. It's been a while since we chatted. I thought Same I to you. This morning. Awesome, awesome. I, I, want, I was telling Bernie, I wanted to give you actually a thumbs up, as much as you and I sometimes disagree on things, on, t- on two matters. One um, is the good economic news that you just you know, shared with people, and it is good. There's more good news that's coming out now that's bad. But you're also right that it's a, it's a personal matter, and I think the challenge that the Biden administration has is, um, um, is pardon me, um, is um, that people may not be feeling it. Um, and I think part of that is the prices are not going to go back down to pre-COVID level, level because right. the worldwide inflation that's occurred, it's just not going to occur. And so there's that comparison between, oh, well, this didn't cost that much before COVID. That's true. But the thing is, wages are now catching up. And the latest report saying that wages are outgrowing prices, and that's good. So the challenge, again, for the Biden administration is to be able to tell that story. And they are going to tell that story. But you're also right, and this is the second point, that they are emphasizing January 6th right now to start off with. And I agree with you. It's tired. But the reason it's tired is because so many people, so many people are truly believing that the FBI was involved, that this wasn't a big deal. It wasn't, you know, it was not Donald Trump instigating this. And again, to your very good credit, Vince, you have really tried to break the cult mold of a lot of conservatives that they have toward Donald Trump. These are you and I might yeah, you and I might disagree on a lot of stuff, especially about maybe Joe Biden. I think you and I both agree that Donald Trump one is not a good person and two would not be a good person. And I, I would I, I commend you. I would make this adjustment in your comments. You use okay. the word conservative. These are not conservatives. These are cult followers. Uh, many of these well, folks well, have no idea what conservatism is. If they knew, they would not be supporting this guy in the very least. So uh, I want to ask you, especially since you're on the other side of this, yeah. what, what do, if you were advising your man, Joe Biden, what would you tell him right now? Um, I would say um, that he needs to um, do the... Remind people that this is not really a choice between two people. It's a choice between whether we continue as a democracy or we risk putting someone in there who has already demonstrated he is more than willing to use the power of his office to stay in power. And despite dozens of people that supported him, dozens of his advisors telling him, look, Mr. President, you lost. He did all he could to stay in power. All right. I got to play the devil's advocate here, though, Mike, because on the other side of this, 
beating this January 6th thing and all of the demonizing of Donald Trump, it's tired too. Because behind the curtain, behind the curtain, you have an old senile, and many people would say a senile old fool in the White House right now. How do you make this look acceptable to the public? This guy who clearly has cognitive issues, how do you make him look presentable to the American people on his own merits without comparing him to how horrible Donald Trump is? Well, one, I, again, I push back on the, you know, obviously senile. If he's senile, he's still getting a lot of stuff done. And you may disagree with some of the stuff that's been done, but there's no doubt that in terms of, of the infrastructure, the CHIPS Act, all the bipartisan things, look what he's done for veterans and that whole Veterans Act. And we hear the Camp Lejeune ads, all that was stuff that he has pulled together through building coalitions. So he's got a record to run on. And again, you can disagree over some of his policies, but again, if he's old and senile, he's you know, being able to pull some strings somehow. Um, um, and so I do think that that is a, uh, uh, you know, something that he, um, you know, can embrace um, and, and, and talk more about. It's a tough sale because there's this echo chamber um, that likes to talk about just how old and senile he is. But if you look at the, you know, the trips that he's taken, all that. Yeah, he's old and he gets tired. But I don't think there's any similarity involved. In now, uh, now, let's get real here. Let's get yeah. real here for a moment, Mike, because I have to ask you. Do you yeah. honestly think this man can make it another four years? Um, I do. It's not going to be easy for him. Um, you know, and, and again, it's a... Um, Right now, we're down to the choice between these two right now. And who knows what a third party might be able to do. But between these two alternatives we have right now, that's really not a choice. And and because it's just it's so clear that really you're talking about not between two people. You're talking about two doctrines of democracy and authoritarianism. Look, um. I know we're probably. Uh, oh, stop! Right. Stop for a moment on the authoritarian thing, because I, I I have to ask you a question. Sure. What what kind of put put um, you know January sixth aside? Give me an example of authoritarianism from Donald Trump. A very oh, quick one. A, a yeah. quick one. I think he tried. He tried to consolidate a bunch of power, moving independent agencies under his uh, purview, um, and and again he's already talked about arming the Justice Department to go after his enemies. So okay, let me ask you about some things the Biden administration did. These stupid okay. mask mandates and vaccine mandates. Where did the constitutional authority come from to do that? Well, it, again, listening to the doctors and people don't like to think about science, but... Who cares? Who cares? If he, he if he doesn't have the authority, I don't care if, if, if the information is accurate. He does not have the authority to do that with a stroke of a pen. He does not have the authority to try to forgive people's student loans. Where did, isn't that the same kind of thing that you're complaining about? See, I'm, see, I'm willing to give you Donald Trump has, has his issues. 
Uh, Joe Biden is not a saint by any means. This is a guy who has clearly tried to usurp authority that he does not constitutionally have. All right. Well, I tell you what. Uh, I mean, I tell you what. Do you disagree with that? No, I, yeah, actually, I do. And, okay. You know, I'll do this. I know we're coming up on a break. I'm not going to be able to stay over. And I also know it's Faith Friday. I'll promise to call back next week sometime and love to see <laughs> yeah. the conversation. Let's but talk some more. Give me 30 seconds because uh, I'm going to share with you, since it's Faith Friday, a wonderful quote by Howard Thurman that I think you'll like. Have you heard this before? It goes, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with the work of Christmas, when the uh, shepherds are back, um, the work of Christmas begins to feed, to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. That's mm. Howard Thurman. I thought you might like that. I love that. Thanks very much for sharing that. Some great sentiments to end our conversation, Mike. And do call again. I'd love to continue our conversation. We're up against a hard break here at the top of the hour. Yes, coming up, we do have Faith Focus Friday, kind of a mixed bag, a little bit of a testimony, and then a controversial subject involving a major religion. That much more as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Hour number two of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Friday. Still to come, we will get to the political news, what's going on with the two major candidates. The Biden-Harris campaign putting out a new ad that I just, uh, I saw this the other day on TV and I just wanted to barf. Just sickening. Then we'll talk about the concern about Nikki Haley. The folks, and this goes back to, and you'll hear Steve Bannon. I, I've met Steve Bannon. Um, oh my gosh, only thing I can say is there's been a shift in the Republican Party away from conservatism into this thing called populism. And I will tell you, I am not a subscriber to this belief system. One of my big concerns about uh, populism is the fact that it's very subjective. But I'll go into that a little bit later on. Let's first get to Faith Focus Friday. And I've labeled this the road less traveled. And the reason I mentioned that is I think there are a lot of people in this place who do you ever feel like you're kind of out of step with so many of the people around you? They're kind of going one direction and you're going a totally different direction. I mean, this isn't even about personal preferences. This is. You know, just uh, we're talking kind of foundationally. The things I live for, the things that motivate me. And uh, from a, and I would say from a kingdom standpoint, I think there are, are things that are very clear, that are very objective. And unfortunately, they've become very subjective for a lot of people. But nonetheless, Lynn posted this. And Lynn is a person I would consider a genuine spiritual father, not so much of mine. I've met him a couple of times. 
but I know this guy to be very solid. Here's what he posted. Most of my life has been spent going against the flow. It seems that my preferences, opinions, and actions went opposite of whatever crowd I was in. Hence the metaphor of being a fish. I've chosen to swim upstream rather than just drift with the flow. Yes, I realize that fish swim upstream to die. Life in Christ has already prepared me for the difficult journey and the result. Maybe you have a similar story. If so, be encouraged. Your father knew you were different for his purpose to do you good. And I'd say a resounding amen to this because this is one of my pet peeves. I, I'll be very honest with you. I have a very strong suspicion of crowds because I think a good part of the time they are wrong. And, you know, I, I would very quickly say all too often crowds become mobs. That's just reality. I mean, think about Jesus. Think of the image of him kind of triumphantly going through Jerusalem and people celebrating him. And then a matter of hours later, what are, what are the chants you're hearing from them? Crucify him, crucify him. Human beings are so fickle. And so many times I see people following the crowd and I know the crowd to be wrong. And I've not hesitated most of the time to avoid going that direction. I mean, you see this even basic things. You've heard me mention this before. How I'll go into a store and I know the store pretty well. And I'm thinking of a particular department store. And they've got use can checkouts on both ends of the store. And you've got long lines on one end of the store. And because everybody is following everybody else, they will stand in those long lines. And it's, it's less than a two, three minute walk to get to the other end where you can just walk right through. Why do people do that? Because they're lazy. And it's easier to just follow everybody else. See, I, I'm just not that way. I want to find the other way. This is the way I am. I don't want to just go the direction of everyone else. So, Lynn, I love his post. It's awesome. Let me stir some controversy here. And we talked about this the day this happened. In fact, I think I remember sharing the story with you as breaking news when this was first announced. Breitbart reporting the head of the Vatican's doctrinal office has dug in his heels in the face of growing opposition to his controversial decision to allow the blessing of gay couples. Argentinian Cardinal Victor Manuel Tucho Fernandez, a personal friend of Pope Francis and the new chief of the Discastery for the Doctrine of the Faith said the new document does not change traditional church teaching on homosexuality, but only on the nature of blessings. This is on the idea of the Vatican doubling down on blessings for gay couples. The Vatican Declaration, welcomed with joy by the LGBT lobby, which embraced the new teaching as a huge step forward and an early Christmas gift for LGBT Catholics. Cardinal Fernandez, known in 
ecclesial circles as a second-tier theologian prior to his surprising elevation to his current Vatican post has been widely criticized for the confused rambling text that seemed intended as a justification for blessing gay couples. The declaration reversed a 2021 document by the same Vatican office, which declared the church has no authority to bless gay couples since God himself does not and cannot bless sin. Since the release of the text, numerous bishops have voiced their consternation over the change, and several bishops' conferences have refused to apply the new teaching in their regions. In Thursday's statement, Cardinal Fernandez said what is expressed by these Episcopal conferences cannot be interpreted as doctrinal opposition, while warning that bishops must avoid engaging in a total or definitive denial of this path that is proposed to priests. The real novelty of this declaration, he insists, is not the possibility of blessing couples in irregular situations. It's the invitation to distinguish between two different forms of blessings, liturgical or ritualized, and spontaneous or pastoral, which a number of theologians have described as distinction without a difference. I don't know how you... (laughs) I think I tend to agree with this. That at the end of the day, if you're going to do this, you may as well just come out and embrace this completely. I don't know how you can bless, give people, quote, blessings without a fundamental doctrinal change. What are your thoughts on this? I think a lot of eyebrows were raised by this story when it happened. What say you about this? Still to come, we'll talk about economic news One country pulling the plug on products because the prices were going too high. We'll delve into this and the 2024 presidential race as we continue our Friday broadcast. So we had some positive economic news we were sharing with you, and it is good news to see prices coming down. But along the way, and I think there was a great observation earlier a few minutes ago by a caller who mentioned the fact, I mean, these prices are not going to go back to pre-COVID levels. That's just not going to happen. That's unrealistic. At the same time, there's one company that has apparently had enough of these price hikes. Washington Post story, Pepsi and Lay's dropped by one of the world's biggest grocers over price hikes. The company's called Carrefour. It's based in France, one of the world's largest grocery chains, telling customers yesterday it's pulling Lay's, Doritos, Lipton Teas, and other PepsiCo products in protest of increased prices. So stores in France, Italy, Belgium, and Spain will be affected. This is a big deal. Carrefour has more than 12,000 stores globally. 12,000. In a sign taped to certain aisles and stores, the company announced the decision said it is committed to lowering prices. A spokesperson for PepsiCo told the Post the company has been in discussion with Carrefour for many months 
and we will continue to engage in good faith to try to ensure our products are available. This move from Carrefour comes as Europeans continue to battle with high food prices. In France, food prices rose more than 7% year over year. Price increases peaked in March of 2023, surging almost 16%, according to one estimate. Retailers here in the U.S. have also battled with suppliers to lower food prices. To apply pressure, some stores will put brands in the penalty box, as they call it. In the penalty box. That can mean unfavorable placement on shelves, less promotion, and higher prices, meaning the products are less attractive for consumers to buy compared to other brands. So this is a pretty big deal, putting pressure on these companies to lower their prices. Let's talk presidential politics. Are you ready for this? We're in the year of the presidential election, 2024. And as I mentioned earlier, the drum that this administration will continue to beat is this whole insurrection narrative and defending democracy crap. I just want to barf. I was watching this commercial for the first time on, I think, some news program, and I was just... uh, Never mind what I think about this for the moment. Why don't you listen and tell me what you think? Listen up. I've made the preservation of American democracy the central issue of my presence. I believe in free and fair elections and the right to vote fairly and have your vote counted. There's something dangerous happening in America. There's an extremist movement who does not share the basic beliefs in our democracy. All of us are being asked right now, what will we do to maintain our democracy? History's watching. The world is watching. Most important, our children and grandchildren will hold us responsible. The Vice President and I have supported voting rights since day one of this administration. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. America is still a place of possibilities where the power resides with we, the people. That's our soul. We are the United States of America. There is nothing beyond our capacity when we act together. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. That's my reaction. Just shut the hell up. This is so stupid. Who does not support voting rights? Making reference to some extremist movement. And I've told you. These folks are every bit as divisive as the people that they are decrying. And no, I am not in the other camp. That's the thing about this. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on. But there is no significant movement in this country of people opposed to voting rights. This is a non-issue. Why are you beating this drum? Well, especially you want to round up black votes. Because you're convinced that black people are so ignorant, they think their voting rights are being taken away from them. Which is not happening at all. The crazy thing about this, they'll do this 20 years from now if they can keep getting away with it. Because unfortunately, there are people who are ignorant enough to believe that their 
their rights are in any way endangered. They're not. So, in typical Democrat fashion, the goal is to scare the living daylights out of black people, just like they've done with the Klan for many, many years. The strategy has not changed here. This is what's so disgusting about this, is these folks really have a low opinion of black folks. They really do. I was telling a friend of mine as we were watching this commercial. Oh, no, it wasn't a commercial. They had a guest on. Some congressman who is a big supporter, a black congressman who is a big supporter of, of Joe Biden. And he, of course, was doing all the talking points and just, I'm listening to this drivel. Because that's all it was. It was drivel. And I looked at my friend. You know, I said, you know... Oh, I would not be surprised. They were showing pictures of him with Biden. He's probably thinking in his head, this is a fine boy. I know some people, you know, or think that crosses a line. I, I don't think it does. Because there's plenty of evidence that this guy, you know, if you want to talk about racism, I'm more, I'm more suspicious of Joe Biden than I am Donald Trump. It's not even a close contest to me. There have been multiple situations where Joe Biden has been given a pass for things that he said that uh, clearly indicate that this man is is racially on another planet. It's not the reason I oppose him. I oppose the man because he's a socialist out to lunch person. That's why I oppose him. Anyway. Brace yourself for more of this. I just want all of this stuff to go away. I would call this our national distraction. Donald Trump is our national distraction. Whether you love him or you hate him. And if you're in one of those camps where you think this man hung the moon, or you're in the other camp and you believe this man is the biggest threat to democracy, you're in the same camp. This is a national distraction. And the sooner we get the distraction out of the way, that's the sooner we move on to truly improving the country. It's my perspective anyway. And I think there's more evidence of this coming up, as you hear, from a former advisor to Donald Trump in the form of Steve Bannon. You'll hear what he has to say in his warning about who might end up on the ticket. I would also tell you right now, I don't want this person on the ticket either. Just to make sure I'm clear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We well, can see our Friday broadcast. I've got to share with you. I hope I can adequately describe what I'm seeing. This is a social media post on Facebook. And the headline is, ooh, look, Claudine Gay is writing a book now. It's called The Three Keys to Success. Bernie, let me see if you can catch on to this. You know what the key, three keys are to success? Lay it on me, Vince. Three keys from a keyboard, a computer keyboard. You know what they are? Control, All C, the, and V. <laughs> what is that, copy and paste? <laughs> Oh my gosh. 
That's a good one. That's really good. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> that is classic. I love it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Where did you read that, Vince? I just came across this on Facebook. Oh, okay. So a social media it's, post? Yes, oh, it is. Awesome. In fact, I, I'm trying to remember. Are we connected on on social media? So I don't have a Facebook, actually. I thought I have, you didn't. I have Instagram and uh, Twitter. Okay. Those are the two I have. Between well, two burns, if you want to give me a follow. Well, I'm going to hook you up with this now because yeah. I know how much you appreciate this Please do. humor. Yeah, so. yeah, send that to me. I will send this to you by text <laughs> so you can share with us. That, that is absolutely savage. It really is. <laughs> Control. Oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's talk about a concern being raised by one Steve Bannon, former White House chief strategist. Mediaite reporting on this. Now, this was a claim that Steve Bannon made Monday night that a big fight is going to take place this spring to determine whether a certain person is going to become President Donald Trump's 2024 running mate. And this is, oh my gosh, this is kind of a mixed bag for me. Because I share his concern about this person being on the ticket. As you know, I'm not in support of Donald Trump's candidacy. I'm not. But if he is to be the nominee, and if he puts this woman on the ticket, this is going to be a mess. This will be a cluster. Here is the conversation as it took place. This is with Jack Posobiec from human events a conversation with steve bannon that occurred on monday night listen up simple forget republican and democrat those are if you're thinking in those terms you're thinking of old politics this is populist nationalism versus elite globalism and if you see republicans that are not in our camp they're by and large elite globalists the mitt romneys of the world the people in the senate Right, the Nikki Kevin McCarthy, Nikki, neocon Nikki, neocon Nikki, neocon neoliberal neocon Nikki. No, no. Listen, Nikki, Nikki Haley's biggest donors right now are some of the most radical anti-Trump Democrats. What did you think, Reed Hoffman? What did you think when Jamie Dimon came out at the New York Times summit? She'd be a great president, and said she'd be a great president, and we've all got to back her. One of the fights we're going to have, a big fight, will take place in the spring. Will be they're going to try to force Nikki on the ticket. To say Trump needs a woman, Nikki on the ticket, she balances things, and she can bring together that 15% of never-Trumpers in the Republican Party. We're going to have to have that fight. If Nikki Haley is in this administration in any capacity, it will fail. She's, She's a viper. She's a viper. And once she gets in there, she'll try to run it as prime minister. She'll try to be Dick Cheney. Uh, to, uh, she'll try, her to Trump will be just like Dick Cheney to Bush. That's but, what she'll but Steve, try to I do. have to ask you, because Richard Barris issued a warning about this, a very specific warning, and he went even further. Barris's warning was this. He said, you put her in as vice president, and they will find someone to Lee Harvey Oswald Trump, get him out of there, and make her the president in his stead and he said if she becomes vp that guarantees they're going to take a shot at him wow what do you think about that one folks 
Lee Harvey Oswald. I mean, this is pretty crazy stuff. So they'll put Nikki on the ticket. Then somebody takes out Donald Trump. And Nikki becomes president. I mean, this is about as conspiratorial as you're going to get. Now, having said this, do I put it past the elitist to try to do this? No, I don't. I really don't. I think that by now, I certainly recognize there are people out there who they this whole thing is about control. And I don't think there's anything they will not do. But I also take issue with one Steve Bannon. Remember I told you about false binary choices? Did you hear what Steve Bannon said? This is populist nationalism versus elite globalism. What if you reject both of these philosophies? I do. I do not embrace so-called populist nationalism. To me, it's a bunch of drivel and a bunch of nonsense. Because part of the problem is, it's not definable. It is very subjective. And at the end of the day, it all depends on how one person feels. And that's Donald Trump. And that's the position that the Bannons and the others are going to embrace. Whatever goes well with Donald Trump, whatever he supports today, is the position they're going to take. I do not believe in that. This is about as progressive as you can possibly get. If you disagree with me, come challenge me on this one. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program. Let's very quickly go really to where we started at the beginning of this broadcast to a call from Jack out of Rock Hill. Good morning and welcome, Jack. Hey, how you doing, Vince? First time caller to your show. Love your show and everything. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to, I, yeah, I just wanted to uh, say something about the guy that worked at Burger King for all those years. Uh, that was pretty uh, pathetic of Burger King just to give him that. I mean, that's, that's really low. And then that's really low of um, the GoFundMe to take all that money away from them as well. That's that's really bad and uh, everything. Yeah, I hear you. It's it's one of these stories where uh, the really the only good people are the worker, the worker himself, and all of the people who decided to support him. Everybody else, they're kind of villains in this story, right? Yes, yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And then I got one other thing to say yes, sir. About, um, about Trump and uh, Biden. The one thing that I would have to say that both of them need is prayer. That's the only thing we could do for those oh, two. My goodness. Jack. That'd be the only thing. You have said the most profound thing of this entire program. Uh, yes, I would say yes. a resounding amen to what you have just yes. communicated. Amen. Uh, In fact, I'm going to do that right now. Lord, I do pray your blessings on both of these men that you would apprehend them, both of them. Just apprehend them both, transcending all politics, that you would capture their hearts above everything else to the point where none of this other stuff is going to matter one way or the other. That's my prayer. 
And we also pray for the country. Protect us from the worst instincts of both of these men. I unabashedly pray that. How's that? <laughs> I'm just being honest, being real here. I, I feel that in the depths of my soul. I really do. I promised I would get to the story, so I want to make sure I cover this before we go. UK Daily Mail reports, you know, you, you hear people, they pretty much communicate the theme, plants good, meat bad, right? Well, this UK Daily Mail story says plant-based sandwiches, salads, and pizza are not healthier than meat options. There's a study that's confirmed this. Researchers analyzed 1,868 meals from 50 fast food chains across five countries. The vegan options contain less protein and sodium, but more carbs and sugar. Isn't this shocking? I, I would have never guessed this. Vegan fast food meals do not have less calories than their meaty counterparts. That's the reality. And I told you how many meals were examined. 1,868 meals, including sandwiches, salads, noodles, and pizza. That's what they checked. Plant-based meals had less protein and sodium and higher levels of carbohydrates and sugar compared to meat based meals but in bad news for those trying to shed some pounds they discovered overall plant-based meals were not linked with having less calories the lead author said our findings reveal that plant-based fast food meals were more likely to contain more carbohydrates and sugar than meat-based equivalents surprisingly our study shows that plant based meals are not associated with lower calories which consumers may not realize this really emphasizes the importance of making informed food choices especially when it comes to consuming fast food even more so if you suffer from a metabolic disorder like type 2 diabetes it exposes the illusion that plant-based alternatives of popular fast food dishes are automatically a healthier choice So, there's that. I thought you would want to know this. A quick travel note. You know I'm a big travel person, and I'm looking forward to checking out at least some of these locations. American Airlines adding four new routes for Charlotte travelers seeking outdoor mountain adventures in the West starting this summer. Direct flights from Charlotte Douglas International to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Bozeman, Montana. Calgary, Canada, and Spokane, Washington. These start in June and will continue through early September, according to the airline. So this is cool. Also, before the summer, I don't know if you've heard about this, Americans starting new service to Tulum, Mexico, March 28th. That's a brand new airport, from what I understand. Brand new airport opening up. Resuming flights to Dublin, Ireland. New routes from Charlotte to Vancouver coming in June, which will be the only nonstop service between North Carolina and British Columbia. So, some travel to look forward to. And I hope you have the opportunity to take advantage of this, as I certainly hope to, Lord willing. 
Let's quickly take a look at the day in history. Bernie, how are you today? I'm good, Vince. Hope you are, sir. Happy Friday. Same to you, man. Same to you. 1889 is the year. This is probably the most, the, the meat most associated with Americans. And the word first appeared in print in a Walla Walla newspaper. No idea. Hamburger. Hamburger. Wow. Okay. 1889 was the year. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. 1914, this automaker introduced a $5 a day minimum wage. Who was this Ford? guy? Henry, Henry Ford, Ford is go. correct. 1920, the Yankees announced the purchase of this guy, this famous baseball Babe player's Ruth. contract. Yes, you. Man, you're all over it I'm today. on it, man. I'm on it. 1933, we have the birth, the construction, the start of it. Uh, probably the most famous bridge in this country. How about the Brooklyn West? Bridge? Oh, oh, the G- Golden Gate Bridge. Golden Gate. Golden you said Gate West is Coast. correct. I should have let you finish the, the question. It's okay. It's all right. 1952, this British leader arrived in Washington to meet with Harry Truman. Who was this British leader? It's Winston Churchill. Be, you are correct. All right. 1961, this show about a horse debuted on television. Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed. In 1979, Ohio approved an out-of-court settlement for the families of the four people killed, nine wounded at Kent State. 1980, this song from Sugar Hill Gang was a big hit. I'm not a rapper. I don't know. What is it? It's Rapper's Delight. Oh, wow. And 1998, Sonny Bono was killed in a skiing accident. 1998. You believe that's been, what, now going on 26 years ago. That's all the time we have, folks. Thanks very much for joining us. Have an enjoyable and safe weekend. God bless you.